about sports ball and the Minnesota Vikings after two preseason games have got their ass whipped we know they have no depth on defense zero depth on the offensive line zero depth on the defensive line I don't know if they have decent players on the defensive line they have no depth at linebacker they have not even enough starters in the, in the secondary I guess they got two safeties. One of them was old, but he's good. Um, and Jordan Hicks is our best linebacker, and he was old and slow last year. And they have the other sec- the other line, the other linebacker will be either undrafted free agent Ivan the Terrible Pace Jr. Or Brian Asamoah, who did not see the field one down. Well, maybe he did a few times, but basically didn't see the field last year. Uh, And their linebackers were the worst they've ever been. Now, last year the Vikings went to a 3-4, which I think they just didn't know how to do it. Donatelli either wasn't a good teacher of it or something, because all that was was that they just had... Two, all it was is they had another scrub rushing the passer and not getting to the passer. And then they had less one less linebacker. That's all it was. So the 4-3, obviously you have three linebackers. You have the middle, the mic, and you have the outside linebackers. And that defense was pretty bad, but this last year was atrocious. It was like they just didn't have a... They, it was like they're playing with 10 men. They just stacked another fat guy up front to rush the quarterback. And that's what it seemed like, because they had, you know, the 3-4. You get three fat guys, and then you have the two outside linebackers who ostensibly rush the passer. And then you have two lousy fucking linebackers. That's what it, basically, it was like running a 5-2 against teams that pass all the day. And they got killed, and that's what it was. So I don't know if I was done at tell or what, but I think Flores will have to perform some miracles here, some smoke and mirrors, in order to make this defense better. Uh, will he be able to do it? I don't know. The Vikings drafted yet another cornerback, Mackay Blackman, who looks like he might start or at least get significant playing time. They shit can their nickel linebacker, who is terrible. Uh, they should can't Duke, Kel- Duke Shelley, who was actually pretty good, but he was a free agent. I don't know why they did that. Um, but they did pick up a free agent cornerback um, who's probably like their number one quarterback, even though he's not really that great. So I don't know who they got back there, man. I don't know. They have some combination of a Caleb Evans, uh, the free agent guy, begins with a B. I can't remember his name. It's fucking August. What do you want? And it's preseason, and they, and they don't play in the preseason either. So I can't. I, I, you know, I don't know what the. Can't remember what the guy's name is, but he's from Arizona. Uh, so Caleb Evans, free agent guy. Makai Blackman are seem like your three that are out there most of the time, and then you've got. Um. A couple of free agents and late round picks. That's that's all you need to know. So that's not good. 
It's really bad. Linebacking chorus, worse. Your linebackers were bad last year. As I said, it was like he went from a 4-3 to a 5-2. So you had these two old guys, Jordan Hicks and Eric Hendricks, just running. The Vikings defense last year was just these two running all over the field, chasing people down from behind. It was a total fucking disaster. A total shit show. You know, some it was like a, a screen pass to the flat. The Vikings would send five guys, get no pressure, and it was a screen pass to the flat and then some running back would run a wheel route. Uh, or, or, or one of those two things. Either a screen pass to the flat where a guy would just be wide open because the linebackers aren't in position because they're like middle linebackers. Or there would be some wheel route that they'd run and then here's old man Hendricks or old man Hicks running five to ten yards behind these running backs. It was just a total shit show. So now this year they got... Brian Asamoa. So what my question is this on Brian Asamoa. Why the fuck didn't he play last year? I mean, Donatel's got to see that this was a joke. Now, he was a rookie last year, so I guess, you know, but how worse could it get? Like, you know, how maybe he played, I don't remember him playing very often, though. Did he get hurt? I don't recall him getting hurt. He just didn't play last year. So they want to pencil this guy in as a starter. That's a big fucking problem. Either that or Ivan Pace. Now, Ivan Pace, the reports are... For an undrafted free agent, the reports are, are very good. The guy's almost running with the first team. And Darren Doogie Wilson... Wolfson... Is reporting, I think, that he's passed Asamoah and he's, and he's a starter. Now, this is not good for Asamoah, but Asamoah, you know... This is not good for linebacker depth. But they're not... You know, they, they didn't pick up a free agent linebacker. So... I don't know. Does that mean that they're comfortable with these two as a starter? Actually, they did pick up a free agent linebacker because the one third string guy is like out for the year. And then the other guy is like Pat Dye, who's a rookie or second year player. Not not a rookie, he's a second or third year player. And he had an interception last game. So he looked like he knew what he was doing. I think he was out of Penn State. But he's not like a star player. So the linebacking core is going to be pretty bad. Pretty, pretty, pretty bad. But the fact that um, Ivan Pace came in and is now a starter above not only Asamoah, but your other two guys who are basically just depth guys, who are always going to be like backups. They got a couple of guys who were drafted late. Those are the guys that were that he beat out, which is not really surprising because it was surprising that Ivan Pace went so late in the draft. Now... A lot of people are saying that Pace is uh, easily blown out in the run game or he can't cover in the passing game. So there's a lot of of haters, a lot of haters on Ivan Pace. Here's what I think. Ivan Pace is around the fucking ball. And that is not what you saw last year. It's not what you saw from like an Anthony Barr who would be, he would like come into the pile, you know, two seconds after the play, there'd be Anthony Barr standing up there. Not like, this is not last year, this is two years ago. The last year of Barr's contract when they finally got rid of that bump. Uh, Eric Kendricks is all around, always around the ball. Uh, it seems to me that Pace, when he's in there, is always around the ball. So if he's got trouble shedding blockers, uh, to what extent? You know, there's there's differing opinions of that. I mean, does he does he immediately shake blockers off as an undrafted free agent? 
No. Uh, maybe not, but like, uh, you know, there, there, it may take a little time, a little, you know, bit, bit of reps, as they say. He may need some reps uh, to get better, but he's not really playing that much. So he, he only plays with the first string and the second string. He plays like one quarter, one and a half quarters, then he's out, which leads me to believe that he's going to be a significant factor in in the defense this year. So these concerns that he's he sucks or he's, you know, you can't play him on passing downs or he can't shed blocks, it seems to be unfounded just based on my naked eye assessment for watching sports ball for years and years. Basically, any dumb fuck can watch sports and come to different conclusions. Saying things like he doesn't shed blocks well enough, I, I think that's a little bit intricate, and I don't think anybody talking about that really knows what the fuck they're talking about. And the people are saying he can't cover or he struggles in pass coverage. I don't think there's enough film, as they say, not enough film on tape that, to, to make that assessment yet. Uh, you maybe can look at a play or two when he gets burned, but I, I refer you to last year where Eric Hendricks got burned every fucking other play as did uh, Jordan Hicks. So we're talking about we need somebody to replace Kendricks. So, okay, maybe he's not going to come in and step in and be Ray fucking Lewis right away. So, you know, maybe a little bit of wiggle room is required here. And perhaps perhaps there's a little room for him to adjust and, you know, like I said, get the reps. And uh, maybe then you could make a... Uh, an assessment because I didn't see Pace getting fucking blown out like Lewis seen. I didn't see Pace get fucking trucked over. I saw him make some plays. I saw him make tackles for losses. I saw him be around the ball all the fucking time. And if you're bitching about he he gets to the tackle after a seven yard game rather than a, a three yard game, then I think you're nitpicking and you're not taking into consideration that this guy is in fact a UDFA. And, you know, with some experience, maybe those turn into three-yard gains rather than six, seven-yard gains. But you know what they're not? They're not 50-yard gains. They're not completely blown, okay? So I think that's important. And the guy is fast, so as far as, like, covering out of the backfield, that doesn't make any sense because he's pretty fast. And we haven't even seen him yet do, you know, do what he can do on the blitz. And that's kind of what he was most famous for at the Cincinnati Bearcats. So... You know, I like to see what this guy can do and Asamoah can do in the middle. I'm a little bit concerned that he beat out Asamoah. Is he that good? Or is Asamoah that bad? It's, it's sort of uh, it's sort of either of those. Hopefully it's just he's that good that he's beating Asamoah in the depth chart. Now, Asamoah is like a second-round pick out of Oklahoma. You know, similar type player, very fast, not as big. But we'll see. But, but again, my biggest question is like, why the fuck didn't he play? I didn't. Why didn't Osmo play last year if he's you pencil him in? So maybe it isn't even that big of a concern. Maybe the guy just isn't that good. But it's good that both of those guys are above like the scrubs, like the die and any other scrub linebackers that just picked up, you know, late in the draft or off the street or whatever. So that's actually good that those two are up there. So at safety now. Mr. Harry Smith has been around forever, but he's still pretty good. You know, he's a little bit slower, but I think this is a... Everybody says that he's going to benefit from this scheme because he's not playing, you know, 30 yards off the ball. 
and you know not playing to his individual strength which is tackling and being more aggressive near the line of scrimmage well, Harry will be blitzing more back to what he used to do under Zimmer not under that trash fire that was last year where he was just playing deep safety the whole time so that's good get Harry back where he belongs um, the other starters Bynum and I will say this it is just, it is concerning that Lewis Seen cannot beat out Bynum Bynum was okay though he wasn't terrible but you know he got beat a little bit but again the defense last year was fucking awful and I think a lot of that was scheme and just not getting to the quarterback I mean just so I don't know I, th- I think the safety if I'm going to rate the, the positions of defense safety just by simply having Harrison Smith and Bynum who wasn't awful is probably their strongest unit on defense out of those three. For sure. Um, but Lewis Seen looks, sometimes he looks completely lost. He looks like he can't tackle. Um, but he, look, he looks like a guy who, unfortunately, this is like a really bad draft pick. Um, because he's not a guy who you're going to stick on a terrible defense and make plays. Lewis Seen is a guy, if you put him on, like, the Steelers, and then he could just make... It reminds me of, like, Troy... Troy... Uh, what was the name? Awesome. Not awesome. What the fuck? Palomalu. Troy Palomalu, when he was drafted by the Steelers, he was, like, a safety, but they turned him into a linebacker. And he was this weird... He was this weird uh, athletic freak. Maybe he didn't have all the right technique or whatever, but he actually did. That's what I think the Vikes thought they were getting in him. But the problem is the rest of the Vikings defense is terrible. So if you're fundamentally flawed, you will be exposed. Whereas if you're in a good defense and you're fundamentally flawed, maybe you can be hidden. And probably that's the same thing that happened in Georgia. He's playing on this amazing Georgia defense with all these other players that are going to play in the NFL for a long time. So then he gets, you know, he can go ahead and fly over the field and, you know, be kind of reckless a little bit. You can't really do that in a shitty defense in the NFL. So a terrible pick there probably from Kwesi. And who knows if he's going to develop into a player that they could use. Probably could go somewhere else and be decent. But um, as of right now, he can't crack the starting lineup, uh, which is sucks because he's a, he's a first-round draft pick in his second year and he can't crack the starting lineup. And there's no chance of him cracking the starting lineup, which is bullshit. He's behind, like, Josh Metellus, who was, like, a fifth, sixth-round pick or something. And he was never, you know, he's, he's playing this hybrid linebacker, something to do with uh, how Flores runs his defense. His smoke and mirrors defense or whatever. Which is fine. I'm all for smoke and mirrors defense. Rather than sitting in a 3-4 shell and letting teams pick you apart. Because you're essentially running a 5-2. So I think Scene might be a bust, unfortunately. And just might not be a good fit for this team. But we'll see. Of course. Talk about two preseason games. Um, did I hit defensive line? Um, I don't... I can't... I couldn't tell you what, you know, there's three fat guys in the middle running a 3-4. I hate the 3-4 for this reason. Um, you put a big fat run stopper in there. It's not like you have John Randall who can actually do a swim move and rush the passer. Maybe John Randall's not even... Maybe he gets just trucked in, the, in today's NFL and he doesn't even play. Nor do you have like a 4-3 a out, outside, or not outside, but a, a defensive end who can both rush the passer and stuff the run. It's like that player seems to be just off. So they have three fat guys in the middle. And it's like the three Nintendo hockey players, the fat guys, and they just sit there. So I couldn't tell you whether they're good or not because all I saw last year is just 
whenever it was passing down, the three fat guys would just sit there and get held up on a line of scrimmage. But people told me Harrison Phillips was good, so I don't fucking know. Maybe he was. Who the fuck knows? And, yeah, so we talked about... Well, I didn't really talk about an outside linebacker, like... Which is essentially the pass rush position. Now they have two of them. They, It's Danielle Hunter who's playing on a position. They could have... They, I wonder if they should have kept uh, Zadaria Smith. Although he didn't want to play, so he kind of fucked them over. Basically, all but said he's not playing for the Vikings. Why? I don't know. Because his contract. Because he felt like he should have been paid more. Well, then you shouldn't have signed the fucking contract, uh, should you? But, but he, you know, the Vikings gave him what he wanted. I don't know where the hell he is now, but whatever. Another shit uh, move by Kwesi, in my opinion. They should have kept him in there. He was actually doing pretty good. And I think Flores could have done, could have done well with him. You know, it's negotiation. It's not like, you know, fucking Rogers said he was leaving Green Bay like three years ago. It was, it was negotiation, okay? So that was a big mistake, I think. Instead of keeping him, they, they have Danielle Hunter, who they claim is just going to rush the passer. So, all right, that's fine. He's going to rush the passer. I don't want to see him in coverage. He better not be in coverage. I'm going to be pissed if he's in coverage. And the other guys like Marcus Davenport, who, again, has never played. Uh, allegedly, he's you know kind of a project guy, but they kind of paid him a lot of money. But he's like the outside line, the other outside linebacker, pass rusher guy. So can't I, I who the fuck knows because they don't play him in preseason so that that's the defense that's your defense for you will it be better than the 31st ranked defense last year i quite frankly i don't know um basically that can i can, can they even get worse is the question i don't think they could possibly get worse um they lose kendricks who is washed up they lose um smith who was their best pass rusher and again, I think that was probably a mistake, but he was old. He didn't, he did get banged up a middle of the year, I think. Um, so they might have thought too that he was just like, you know, I'm going to pay this guy $10 million and he's going to get hurt immediately. So I don't know. It's not, not that egregious, I guess, to keep Hunter the, the younger, more impressive player, I guess, overall. So. They're going to have to do a lot of funky blitzing and shit. And I think that's where they love Ivan Pace coming in there. And I think that's where they love old man Harry going in there and blitzing. So it's going to be it's going to be on Mr. Uh, Flores here to, to turn the wheels and, and the gear and, you know, manufacture some shit. So he's got a real task ahead of him, uh, unfortunately. But he took the job, so we'll see what the fuck happens. That's your offense. That's your defense. Pardon me all over the place. That's your defense. Now your offense remains the same. So there's really not much to be said. They didn't really do anything. They added Addison as a wide receiver. Well, eventually will be a wide receiver too, I would think. Right now he's three. And they added a tight end. So they're running a lot of Hawkinson and... Oh, so they got rid of... Yeah, so they got rid of um, Irv Smith Jr. Socks. Erd Smith Jr., known mostly for his dropped passes. Oh. So they picked up a tight end from Baltimore who was like a very good run blocker and allegedly has some pass-catching skills, which makes sense because they don't really throw the ball that well in, in uh, Baltimore, as you know. This is Lamar Jackson. Um, 
So, you know, that probably works out there. That's probably a net positive from last year. They got a couple young guys like Nick Muse, who's not even going to be on the team. But he seems like he's got really good hands. So they've got a plethora of TE3s who can't really block, although they have Johnny Munt. I don't know why they keep Johnny Munt over Nick Muse if they're running three TEs. Give me the Muse instead of a veteran Johnny Munt. But McConnell loves Munt because he played in L.A. Like, okay, whatever. What are those deals again? Meathead uh, football people just, you know, going with the familiarity. Anyway, I'm not going to spurg too much over the TE3, you know what I'm saying? That's tight end. Offensive line, unfortunately, is exactly the same. They did nothing to upgrade this, uh, and this is a big problem. This is the biggest problem uh, on the offense. The interior offensive line was terrible pass blocking. Ezra Cleveland and Bradbury and Ingram at right tackle. They've been talking about replacing Ingram and signing a guy named Dalton Risner, I think his name. I think it's how you pronounce it. Risner. Risner, Risner. They haven't done so yet, and I don't know why, because uh, they, they don't have much depth. I guess one of their backup line I mean, is Hurt, the guy who would play guard. So this is a big problem. They've done nothing to address this. It's a huge problem. And could lead to the downfalls because if they if they start to regress, you know their tackles are pretty good. But if this interior line plays just a little bit worse than last year, then they're fucked. Because you know what happened? The interior line play like two thousand thirteen or fourteen ish right before Cousins got here, was absolutely abysmal. Uh, you know, maybe like 15. It was ter- it was terrible. So they would play teams, you know, they play the Rams, and they just had no chance. That's what I'm afraid of. Like, I think it was the Cowboys last year, the year before, at home. They got crushed by the Cowboys at home. I think it was last year. And it was like Cousins had no chance. And I think that might happen more often this year. And that... You know, if they run into a good defensive team, they might just get screwed. Um, So that is what I'm afraid of this year, and I think that's the biggest problem with them either winning the division or making the playoffs is they may come to a situation where they face defenses that just run all over them, just truck them all over. And if they can't score in a consistent manner, they're going to have to outscore people this year. That's just the way it is. But if you can't protect the quarterback, if you're just getting on his ass... Where he's got to get rid of the ball too quickly. That's no way to live. They can't do that. You know, Cousins is good, and he's managed to weasel, you know, weasel his way out of some of those situations. So much so last year that they wound up with 13 wins. That was just almost miraculous how he how he did that last year. Um, but I don't think that's sustainable process. Uh, they just they they and they should have upgraded somehow there. They didn't address it in the draft at all. Instead, they drafted a fucking quarterback in the fifth round, which pisses me off to this day, and I'll talk about that in a minute. So that's terrible. Um, the offensive line's a big problem. So I'll say, top wide receiver, they got, they got Addison, and Jefferson and Addison, and K.J. Osborne got rid of Thielen, who was old and shitty. So that's a net positive. The wide, tight end was a net positive, I think. Wide receiver's a net positive. Line is the same. 
So maybe Ingram gets a little better with a year experience. I don't know. Then again, some of the other guys are getting a little bit older. I don't know if they're injured or whatever. Ezra Cleveland, Bradford. They re-signed Bradford, which is a real head-scratcher because he was not very good. I know I think he was better than he was previously, but he was still pretty shitty. So that's why I don't know why they re-signed him. I, I can understand the need for consistency. But if I'm the Vikings and I'm queasy and I want to go for a competitive rebuild, now this is where you... And he didn't re-sign Cousins for, except for one year. So where is this money going? I, mean, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have bothered with the fucking tight end. Just go with a tight end two that you already have or draft a guy that's big later rounds. There's your tight end two. Gives a shit. Um, give me a guard. Give me a good guard, you know. And give me another center. Give me a different center, for Christ's sake. Enough of this undersized bullshit. Running back. Probably the biggest drop-off. Um, Cook was very good. He was getting old. But I agree with not paying running backs. Uh, that's just stupid. Especially when you're not like Adrian Peterson level. I mean, if he was like a franchise... He's right. And he's pretty damn good, though. History will show that Cook is... Might even be a top five all-time Viking running back, quite frankly. He's really good. He's no Peterson... Um, but there's not a lot of guys that are at the top there. Robert Smith is pretty damn good. You know, but, you know, Chuck Foreman's probably, like, number two. Touchdown Teddy Brown. I mean, he's better than touchdown Teddy Brown. He's maybe like a Terry. Terry Allen ran for, like, 1,200 yards one year. So Cook is one of those guys. He's pretty good, but he's old, and it doesn't make sense to pay him. So he moves on, which is fine. They don't have much behind him, though. But I'm not as concerned about that because they didn't run the ball for shit really last year. And Madison's a serviceable guy, and I think you can just get running backs. Unfortunately, uh, their their line is so bad that they haven't been able to really evaluate the couple young guys that they have. So in in Guang and Kenne and Gongu, whatever the hell, the guy from Iowa, the kick returner, like the best kick returner in the league, so he makes the team. But they were thinking about making him like a number two back. But he's been hurt or something, so I can't do that. So, you know, he's still going to make the team because he's a kick returner. But should he? I don't know. So you got Madison. And the number two guy now is Chandler, who was like a fifth-round pick. He looked really good in preseason last year. This year, he hasn't looked as good. Um, but again, he's, he's really not had much room to do anything because... The line has been so terrible. Like when you have a second round, when, you're, when your backup lineman gets hurt and they don't play him, and they, so you're just playing total scrubs and probably against the first or first or second team defense in some of these games. So it's a little bit hard to evaluate that. But anyway, he's getting the carries, and then after that, it's like nothing. It's like scrubs off the street basically and then they drafted McBride from UAB who had like he had 2,000 yards rushing last year at UAB boatload of touchdowns he looks huge but I think this is a classic case of he's kind of playing in a smaller school and he does not look very fast he does not look very quick but you know his highlights are all him like kind of running through wide open holes and then, you know, eventually turning on the speed and not running some guys. So he's, he doesn't have 
awful speed. And people were kind of shocked that he went all the way to the seventh round, but it kind of isn't shocking because, uh, you know, and he had fumble problems, I guess. But that's correctable. I mean, you know, fumble problems are, are easily correctable. Adrian Peterson fumbled the Vikings out of a Super Bowl, if you remember. So, who knows? But he got a pass. He got a pass in last preseason game, McBride. And he made a nice move and he got a first down. So I was like, oh. You know, maybe he's all right. I would rather have him stick around than Chandler. And just more intriguing of a prospect than Chandler. Uh, I think Chandler's just like not much different from a guy off the street. Um, but I guess familiarity with the system is probably why he's going to be the number two back. It's not very good, though. So that one will be due for an upgrade next year, if not this year. Um, we'll see the next two preseason games if McBride gets any more carries with the with the um, not starters, but like the higher, like the second string, maybe instead of the because McBride's been playing with like the fourth string, and he hasn't had a chance. He, they, I remember they gave it to the ball, they gave the ball to him on a fourth and one, and you know as soon as he got the ball, there's three guys on him. The three of the three of the it was Seattle, three Seahawks just completely mowed down the Vikings offense. So it's amazing. It was like high school. Three Vikings completely mowed him down. He, he got the ball. He had no chance. Zero chance. So that's been like 80% of the carries of the running backs this year. There was like three carries where a guy had a hole to do something. And, of course, it was all of some scrub they picked up off the USFL. So, okay, so that guy turns it into like a 10, 12-yard game. Where it would have been nice to see if what Chandler does with a little bit of opening or what McBride would do in the open field. It was funny, too. Like, after these three carries, they immediately put McBride back in. Okay, maybe we can see what you do in the open field. And then, of course, then the holes stopped. All right, I don't know what happened. They, they pitched out to him, which is a stupid way to use a, a bigger running back like that. It, it took a long time. The play got strung out. And there was, it didn't look like there was anywhere for him to run. So that's unfortunate. But he did, like I said, he did catch a pass. He ran for a first down. So it was like a 10-yard reception. And then he had a one-yard run for a touchdown. So, you know, he does look big and strong. So I like the prospect of the guy. So I, I hope he makes the team. Um, but, you know, the, I don't know if it's that big of a deal. We're talking about basically third. He's basically playing for third or fourth string running back. They had him return kicks last game, and now I kind of know why, now that I think of it, because... Like if he could if he could hold that duty, then they wouldn't have to bother keeping in Guangu or whatever the fuck his name is on the team. The guy from Iowa. Even though he's like a really good kick returner, how many how many times can you expect to have uh, kickoff returns for touchdowns? Basically zero, right? That's a crapshoot. But in Guangu or whatever the fuck his name is, he's really fast, so that's why they keep him on the roster. That's running back. So I think we got to be oh quarterback. All right, now let's get to the main main attraction here, quarterback, and then I'm going to go to a rant based on this. So we've been over all the positions and how shitty, how they have no depth anywhere. Right? Any of these people gets hurt, they're fucked. Major question marks at an inside linebacker, which is like the most important player on defense. Um, major questions on an interior offensive line. Other than that, you know, the the defensive line, I don't. 
fucking, I don't know. <laughs> they ran a 3-4, they got three fat guys, I don't know. They already drafted a safety. They always could use cornerbacks, that's still a mess. But um, quarterback, of course, is Cousins. They signed him to a one-year deal. They did not extend him. So, you know, he's he's playing in a contract year. Um, I expect nothing less than what he's done the last couple of years, which is very good, top 10. I don't care what Phil Mackey says. He's a top 10 quarterback. Don't You can't name me 10 better quarterbacks. I'm sorry. Um, and even last year, statistically, he was like number six. Okay? So he's a top 10 quarterback. It's been two years in a row that he's been top 10 quarterback. He's better than Dak Prescott. I don't want to hear Dak Prescott. Fuck off with that. I don't want to hear Justin Fields. That's ridiculous. We know why people rank Justin Fields ahead of him, and it's not for his athletic prowess. We just, just come on. It just, maybe, part of that is maybe like, you know, the Bears have a bigger fan, fan base and they're biased, but I kind of think it's the other way. They, the, the media doesn't like Kirk Cousins. We know this. But now, after this Netflix special, he's getting a little bit more respect because they sort of humanize him. They realize that the guy plays every freaking down. He gets his ass beat, you know? He gets, uh, he gets pounded over and over. And, uh, sorry, this car in front of me was, didn't know what she was doing. Anyway, Cousins get just hammered. And he, but he plays every single down, tough as nails, puts up tremendous numbers. And there's really, I don't know what else you can expect from any quarterback. I mean, he's clearly in the second tier of quarterbacks. He's not Mahomes or whoever you want to put up there. Maybe Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, Allen-ish. Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, Allen. People put Hurts up there, but it's been one year, and he really didn't, I know, I don't know, is he, you know, maybe, but do you, I don't think Hurts is in that category. I think he's in, I think Cousins in the, is in the category with Hurts in the tier. Who's better than him? He's not fucking Brady at this stage when he was playing, no, but he's not even playing this year, so. Not um, Rodgers. He clearly outplayed Rodgers last year. So what do you mean top 12? These guys are talking about top 12. He, he, he's better than Russell Wilson fell off a cliff. He's better than Russell Wilson. He's better than Geno Smith. You know, Geno Smith had a nice year, but he's better than Geno Smith, please. He's put up more consistency than Geno Smith, please. No, don't get me started on fields. That's ridiculous. So he's right there. Okay, let me continue. Um, uh, ladies, car... Crash in front of her, not crash, but stalled in front of me, so she needed, she needed to jump. So, anyway, where we at? A quarterback. Okay, so they didn't resign Cousins. I went on my tirade about how they should have done this. Um, how Cousins is, in fact, easily a top 10 quarterback, easily. And he has been for a couple of years. So, Phil Mackey saying he's like the 12th best quarterback is bullshit, and it's just his agenda because he doesn't like him because he's not mobile. It's fucking stupid. And and because he's white and Christian. And might even be a gas Republican. Nobody else cares about this. No sane person cares about this at all. Only morons like Phil Mackey. You know, you, you got to be of Chris Cluey's politics 
or you need to shut the fuck up. And actually, he does shut the fuck up. You need to have Chris Cluey's politics or he doesn't like you. You have to be an ardent leftist, uh, whiny bitch about everything. Um, or he doesn't like you or he wants you. He wants to run you out of town. So fuck Phil Mackey and fuck all these clowns. So they've been coping about this Jaron Hall. The, the backup is Nick Mullins and he's a backup, but there's nothing there that needs to be said. That's it. There's Nick Mullins. He's, he's a backup quarterback. Um, if Cousins goes down, he might be okay for a game or two. You might be able to beat a shitty team, but probably not. Whatever. He's a backup. Um, their developmental quarterback, they wasted another draft pick. They had six picks going into this draft. Uh, and they wasted a fifth-round pick on Jaron Hall, quarterback from BYU. He was undersized, got no arm. Uh, the game is too fast for him. He's old. Uh, let's see. Oh, but he's a little bit mobile, so that's why they love him. And he's going to be a developmental quarterback. Maybe he'll do something. You never know. It's just like the, the internal optimism for the scrub fifth-round pick from BYU and knows no end. But Cousins, you can guarantee he's not good enough to win the Super Bowl for you. That's the logic of the scoretard. You know, the, the fat, out-of-shape, glasses, bloated face, pudgy white guys who think that racism is a real big problem. And if you just hire, if you just get Kirk Cousins out, then automatically they'll get better. And then the only way, the only path to a Super Bowl from these people is you have to have a young, hip, athletic, swarthy, urban, you know, sexy QB, uh, not named Kirk Cousins, and he's got to be on a rookie contract because that's the only way you can win a Super Bowl. That's the only way you can do it, even though that's never actually been done, but um, but maybe a handful of times. Uh, all the teams that win Super Bowls have great quarterbacks, uh, but you know, Kirk Cousins is just not good enough. Forget about the Rams. You know the, that that never happened. Matthew Stafford, uh, no, that never happened. That, that that just forget about that. Forget about Matthew Stafford and how much he costs. Kirk Cousins was last year. The excuse was he was or before last year. The excuse he was bad in crunch time. This is why these nerd stats are never any good. Uh, he was he was not good in close and late situations, according to the nerd stats as of two years ago. What does he do last year? Seven sets the NFL record for come from behind win, so he's he's uh, he's okay. So your nerd stats are fucking useless because they did not predict any future performance, did they? So his narrative is completely blown up. Uh, Phil Mackey sucks and he's a hack and he's got an anti-Kirk bias because he's white and he fucking sucks. So fuck Phil Mackey. So you know. They get this pressure from these media types. He's not the only one. It's U.S. It's, you know, it's ESPN. You see all these dumb quarterback rankings where they have fucking uh, Justin Fields ranked ahead of Cousins. It's such bullshit. I'm bitter a man's leg and it can still feel it tickling. Tell me, Mom, when your little girl's on the slab, where would it tickle you? Jaron Hall sucks. Too small. No arm. In the, you know, the, the typical people that are raving about Jaron Hall's terrible performance in his second preseason game won't give Cousins an inch. Uh, you know, he'll go 30 of 39, but they'll say he had a bad game. That's what, you know, Judd Zulget will do. 30 of 39, three touchdowns, one interception or no interceptions. Well, he's got a shooty game. He had a bad game. Didn't have a great game. 
you know, that's what they'll say. But Jaron Hall will throw for 40 yards and play an entire half and they say, oh, B, B plus. These people are clowns. They've got their agenda. They hate Cousins. They can't wait to get him out of here. But this guy isn't it, and everybody sees it. And they can't, it's, it's to the point where they can't really lie about it anymore. They can, They have to admit that the guy's a top 10 quarterback after, the, you know, the Netflix documentary. Um, after that humanized him after his couple years in a row of really good statistics. And they're just, after winning all these comeback games, there's just no, there's just no uh, doubting it. They, they try to rely on the, you know, the anecdotal evidence of, you know, he checked down on fourth and eight. Well, after the film came out on that, they can't, they can't hang their hat on that anymore because nobody was open and that was the only place to go with the ball otherwise take a sack. So, you know, it was a bad play call. So they can't do that anymore. They can't hang their hat on one single play to blame Cousins for the whole year. Although they wanted to, they got away with it for about a few months until, you know, that finally fucking died down. They got enough shit for it, I guess. But, um, so now they have Jaron Hall, who's a total waste. They had six picks in the draft, and they wasted a fifth rounder on a quarterback who's got no chance. And it really makes me question whether or not uh, these guys have what it takes to evaluate talent and put together a winning team because they've completely punted their first draft. They're using the excuse that they didn't get, uh, they only got involved late in the process. So I don't think that's a reasonable excuse because you didn't have to trade down from the first round and fuck that up, did you? Nobody told you you had to do that. That wasn't a requirement to fuck up that draft. No, you didn't have to trade down and get and draft two busts. You know, you didn't have to do that. Um, nobody told you that wasn't the, that wasn't the rule. You could have just stayed, stayed put and bought, you know, selected a starter, which you would have now, and, and you didn't have a paper thin defense. So I'm kind of dovetailing into like my overall impressions of the front office and the and the coaching staff. Well, we were promised this high powered offense. Now, okay, the offense is fine, but like Justin Jefferson is really, really, really good. And Kirk Cousins is really, really good. Let's see how they do without Delvin Cook. Uh, you know, are they going to really run Madison? And is he going to be the same level of production? You know, probably not. So we'll see what happens. The, the Jaron Hall pick was a total fucking miss. I'm sick of these people, you know, praising his every move. And he sucks. He's terrible. He's not, you know, if he wasn't a fifth-round draft pick, he, he shouldn't have made the team. It was a terrible pick and a waste. That's basically what I think of the roster construction. Thank you for listening to You Freaking People.